listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live on a Monday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik, going to be talking about his, <laughs> his pick against Baylor. How you feeling about that? Not good. I mean, it was funny. We had a disagreement. I think, uh, I think this is interesting. And you know what else is interesting? Baylor, it's a sharp pick tonight. I'm not sure I like it, but if you look at like where's the sharpest books, if you look at uh, the bet count versus the ticket count versus the cash count, so like right now, it, it, and that one's evened up a little bit, but it feels like to me the values on. Baylor. Now we'll see. We'll see. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. The Las Vegas lead today is we're going to set up the national championship game. Then we're getting to Sam Darnold. Then at the bottom of the hour or so through the end of the show, we're going to be doing a big preview of the game, national title game. So let's start with setting it up. Baylor favored or underdogs, Gonzaga's the favorite, four and a half. Now, what, what, your instinct on this line was, you were saying six, wasn't it? Yeah, in fact, the look-ahead line just two days ago before the final four mm-hmm. was indeed six on this game. Okay, so what we're saying is Gonzaga playing a close one and Baylor having a dominating performance. Is Completely. Dominating. 45 to 20 at halftime. Dominating. Well, I mean, you did get those four points. I mean, you should only have gotten 2.9 and you were getting four. Remember? I, I was getting five. Okay, excellent. excellent. Uh, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Uh, look at, see what Chris is at. See what the Westgate is at. And versus consensus, because a little while ago it was, and this is an approach to see what the sharp side is, which is you look at the market, and remember, sports books, you know, about half our audience doesn't bet. Sports books are like gas stations. They each are selling a similar product, though, and where I grew up, there was always like, well, that, uh, Gas station XYZ, they put water in there, and you know, you hear all those stories and everything. But similar products, we'll say. And then there's a little price variations, right? Across the street, it might be for unleaded $3.50, and then it's $3.49. But with gas stations, I don't know if they're sharp gas stations or square, but with sports books, 
There are. And you can say, wow, this book takes big money from the big betters, and it's a half point one way and a half point the other, perhaps. So, what are we seeing, Fez? So, we're seeing four and a half at every book, but pursuant to what you're saying, at the sharpest books, what they're saying, if you want to bet on Gonzaga, you can you lay in minus four and a half, but we're going to give you a bargain. We're not going to charge you minus a dollar ten. We're going to charge you minus one hundred five. Okay. So what we're saying here is they took the vig, said half of it. We're cutting the vig in half if you're willing to lay it with the zags, and we're going to um, add that fifty percent of the vig to Baylor. So what we're saying is by about a quarter point, right, half of a half a point. The sharpest books are saying, we want Gonzaga money, we don't want Baylor money. Yes. All right. You missed that, didn't you? I missed it? Uh, you missed the fact that the sharp books were on one side. I did. Other. I did. I'm just trying to you know, make sure you're caught up. I'm R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, straight out of Vegas. The total was about 160. Now, you had some theories on the shooting and... You actually thought, and let's give you credit, that the totals had been adjusted down. So it was Lucas Oil, and you thought, okay, this is a big venue. It's going to be hard to shoot. And throughout some of the early rounds, you were winning like clockwork with those bets. Then came the Final Four, the two games, and you said, you know, it feels like it's been adjusted down enough. But it wasn't just that. It seems like they, they got familiar because the shooting, especially in the UCLA Gonzaga game, was outstanding. No doubt at all about it. UCLA made almost 50% of their three point shots in that game. So, what's the takeaway? We're not trying to read the box score. Is do we feel like tonight that if they were comfortable with the, if they were comfortable in the, with the shooting and the sight lines and the venue, Saturday, they're going to be more comfortable after another game. Why did they shoot so well? Was it the f- being familiar or what? I think the familiarity absolutely helped. And f- frankly, the, f- the fact that these teams are just really, especially Gonzaga, such a good shooting team just That in doesn't general. make any sense, though. So good shooting teams aren't affected by something that hurts shooting? It would take whatever their shooting is. Like, so Gonzaga is 55% on the year, right? Mm-hmm. On all f- uh, shots from the field. So if there's a minus 4% because of the venue, they were going to shoot 51 in theory. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't make them shoot 59, would it? No, it would not. That's Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell. This is the, now, if we look at the total, 160, 159 and a half. Now, what's the total? You add up the scoring for one team, the scoring for the other team. So if you go back to the modern era of the tournament, this is the second highest total, the second most points expected of any game in the championship round since 1985. So Duke, Arizona in 2001 had a higher total. So this is, even though the venue in theory hinders shooting, I think uh, at this point they're past it, it feels like. And... Ken Palm, a guy who is does power ratings and he's very analytically driven, very respected in college basketball. And I'm going to read this: has projected scoring to be eight and a half points on average higher than the betting market. Okay, so even though the total is so high, 160 second highest total since 1985 in the championship round, he projects 166 points tonight. Wow! So. 
I don't use Kempom every day, Mackenzie, and I know you don't necessarily either. Do you get a sense if his total projections are this far off that often? No, it's pretty rare. I actually noted that the Final Four was also significantly higher, also in Lucas Oil Stadium. They both went way over as well. All right. So, a pretty good setup. And if you look at the money line, and that tells you the percentage chance of winning... What do we got? Gonzaga minus two hundred, risk two dollars to win one, take back plus one seventy. Okay, so that comes out to what were we at? Sixty five percent, we said. Yes. All right, so we're gonna shift, but about the bottom of the hour, we're gonna be talking preview, and one of the questions is gonna be, and I think it's a key one: Are the Zags gonna be tired? Thin rotation, played overtime. They're gonna be tired. Could be. Could be. R.J. Bell. I'm straight out of Vegas, or we're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. I think first time in almost three years doing that one. <laughs> All right, now <laughs> that'd be funny. It's like you're so into the show. It's like I'm straight out of Vegas. <laughs> I am straight out of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I am Takapa. All right, so we can have fun with this, and we're going to. But the betting market is telling us with a big collective yawn. Sam Darnold is a non-factor. He doesn't move the needle. If they would have changed the uniforms on Carolina, <laughs> they might have had a better, been more movement in the market. Well, they can't listen. I mean, I, I didn't go to Yale or anything, but you can't have a number lower than a zero move. There's no negative moves, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you can't move less than zero, and literally, the Jets' line didn't move. Carolina's line didn't move. And let's not get confused by something here, all right? Let's not get confused. The fact that this year's pick, there was just the one pick in the later rounds. Sixth round, right? And then next year is when you have the picks that matter. You think the Jets didn't want picks this year? I mean, in theory, if Sam Darnold does well at all, and again, that seems unlikely if the past is any predictor of the future, then Carolina's not going to be picking eighth. (laughs) Right? Because you think about it, if they could have got the number two this year, they would have been, what, the 40th pick? Mm -hmm. 32 in the first round, eighth pick in the second. I, you know, just did that. So, how, how much did they want that 40th pick? Massively. Because wasn't that the narrative that was pushed out there? Is, yeah, the Jets won a high second rounder and, uh, you know, somewhere before 40. In fact, what everyone said. I think maybe they said the first 10 picks and of the second round. And they got a second round pick, but it's a year from now. Time value of money means that's less valuable. And I think it's especially less valuable because Carolina, you'd have to say up arrow. So uh, we've got the uh, win totals for next year. Where's Carolina? Carolina, seven and a half wins, 22nd in the NFL right now. Okay. So that means, in theory, they're picking about 10th next year. Mm -hmm. All right. And if Sam Darnold does anything, you know, by theory, because now. Did we see an adjustment at all? We know the Super Bowl odds didn't adjust. Was there an adjustment in the win total? No adjustment whatsoever. So you're saying that the betting market is saying Sam Darnold is of no consequence. That's correct. I, you know, I agree. It's just, you know, it seems harsh. 
I mean, the guy had mono. <laughs> My name is Casper. Okay, last three seasons, Sam Darnold. There's been 20 quarterbacks that qualified in QBR the last three seasons in the entire NFL. If you add up their ranking over the three years, so let's say Patrick, or let's do Drew Brees. All right, so what does Drew Brees add up to? He is number two, 3.7 is his average. Uh, Did you add up to? Not a mean. So what's the three numbers? Six, third, and second. All right. You want to do that, or I I just did it 11? Mm -hmm. Okay. He added up to 11. What did Sam Darnold add up to? Let me get the calculator. 91. 91. Okay. Now let's think about that a second. 91. So he averaged about 30. Was it 91? I I misadded. It's 86. The numbers are so high, I misadded. You got a degree from Northwestern? 33rd, 25th, and 28th. But did... uh, And you were an actuary? (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) I mean, listen, I am... I don't know who I like less. Sam Darnold or Northwestern grads, typically. (laughs) But, I mean, just generally, I found them to be very limited intellectually. What about you, Mackenzie? I grew up right next to Northwestern. They're nice kids. They're nice kids over there. Oh, that's where like the party people go, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to light up your smoke. You they're, they're, they're earnest. Yes. They're earnest. <laughs> they might deal dime bags. Who knows? <laughs> I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas. So, of all the quarterbacks that qualified, Sam Darnold has the worst three-year ranking. The worst. So, if you actually... Look at those quarterbacks. Above him is Andy Dalton. Above Sam Darnold is Carson Wentz. (laughs) Above is Jared Goff. Above Mitchell Trubisky, backup. Now think about that a second. He's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) so he's had three years and let me ask you one more question have you ever seen a quarterback that played poorly now listen Tannehill did not play poorly do me a favor get Tannehill's last like two years in Miami McKenzie get his QBR because I'm you know people was going to say Tannehill We'll, we'll address that You never see another, or any quarterback really, that plays poorly over three years, and especially that third year. That you know, the second year you're supposed to step up, and then the third even more. And that's why, or in theory, the third year or the fourth year option or the fifth year option is after the third year, and that's something they're going to have to decide on Sam Darnold. We'll talk about that, but. You just don't see it. When there's a bad third year, it means they're a bad quarterback. Unless they had a good year in the second. You know, you got to have one good year in the first three. Can you think of anyone, Fez, that didn't, that turned out to be a, even an a average quarterback? Not even average. You got Tannehill stuff, McKenzie? Yes. In 2018, he was the 30, uh, 30th QB. In 2016, he missed a year. He was the 24th. All right. Now, listen, 30th isn't good. All right. 24. Go one more year back. So, 
and and if you really, we're not even doing justice to, to to Sam Darnold saying he's last. If you add up the numbers, as we said, eighty six. If I had a second try, I got that. The next lowest guy is Andy Dalton. He adds up to sixty seven. <laughs> So 19 slots. If Sam Darnold was 18 slots better over three years, he'd still be last. <laughs> he, he could have finished this year. So this year, he was last. Imagine that. He was 33rd. So if he would have been like 17th, he still would be last. Wow. Over the three years. He could have had an average year, and he's still the worst quarterback over three years. <sighs> My name is Casper. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, he's making a lot of money. Who are we kidding? Five million this year, and I believe nineteen million the year after. Well, remember now, this year is guaranteed. The fifth-year option won't be picked up, I don't think. And it has to be picked up this... Uh, go ahead. I believe Carolina on May 3rd has to commit to that. If yeah. I'm, yes. And there was a report today that they are intending to pick up that fifth-year option. Well, I mean, if so, that I guess maybe in a way they got to. Because if you make this trade, you got to commit. That shows you how bad the trade was. <laughs> right. I mean, think about that a second. But remember, there's reports on a lot of things. We'll see. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Sam Darnold talk. A little more NFL, and then we're getting into the national championship game. I think this is a doozy. We are straight out of Vegas when we come back. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Joined with Steve Fezzik. Jonas, off, unavoidable, back soon, hopefully tomorrow. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. See that pause? It draws everyone in, Fez. A little tech. Threw me in. It, it, it. it was fascinating. <laughs> All right. We're going to pick up, continue with Sam Darnold discussions. The more I think about this, I'm a huge fan and I am very respectful. I admire, but more so respect, maybe fear. In fact, certainly fear hedge fund guys. Hmm. The real hedge fund, not some junior analyst. They might be making money, big money. They might make 1.2 like when they're 28, but that's great for them. I'm not scared of them. But the guys that, you know, like Axe, be scared. Now, when I say scared, like if you're getting a tussle, business tussle. The thing about these guys is they're not patient. There's all the, there's a sense of wisdom that the intelligence is somehow, you know, whittling on the porch, and you know, there, there's a romanticism of. Listen, I grew up in a town with zero stoplights, one fast food place. It was a Dairy Queen, but it was only open seven months a year. 
when it got cold, they just shut the thing mm-hmm. down. That was a big deal when the Dairy Queen opened back up. So I can appreciate, you know, homespun wisdom. And especially in like my dad's generation, there's a lot of smart guys that didn't go to college. They were mechanics, they were whatever, electricians, and worked in the mines, and they made a lot of money. Nowadays, most smart people, or, you know, I think a higher percentage go to college. There's obviously brilliant people that don't. But in general, there's a sense on the TV shows, on in the movies, there's a sense that intelligence is about not acting oftentimes, not jumping in. And it's like the, you know, the fast talking guy who is kind of, you know, superficial. They, they jump in. Well, maybe, because obviously you're not going to be jumping in a bad situation if you're really smart. But hedge fund guys are impatient. So to me, this is a good move, as much as I questioned Arnold. If they don't pick up the fifth-year option. Now, remember, that needs to be decided. Did you say early May, Fez? Yeah, early May. Okay. So, he's played three years. His fourth year is already locked in. $4.8 million cap hit. $4.8 million in cash. That's cheap. That's Cam Newton money. That's why rookie, quarterback, rookie contract quarterbacks are so attractive. That's why the theory is that's how you win Super Bowls. Get a Mahomes, not even a Mahomes. Get a Russell Wilson. You know, even get a. I mean, you can even go lower. I mean, Jared Goff almost did it. <laughs> Think about that. So that's a nice bargain. And there is a there's a reason Sam Darnold got picked third. Yep, third. Thanks, man. There's a reason he got picked third. <laughs> the reason was he had a massive amount of talent. Now, as we've explained, or as we feel, as I believe, the secret sauce in quarterbacking isn't known. Because look, it's a multiple billion dollar industry, and look at all the quarterbacks they miss on. You've probably seen circulating around the top, I think, five quarterbacks in the last 10 years, and like, uh, n- you know, none of them has been particularly successful, and then you see about quarterbacks traded up for, and Think about it. Pull up, pull up your quarterback list. Let me take a look at your list first. I mean, let's think about this now. We got Mahomes. He was picked, what, 10th? Mm-hmm. Rodgers was picked in the 20s. Wilson was picked in the third round. Watson was picked, what, 10th also, if I remember? Or right around there? 12th, right after Mahomes. 12th, okay. Josh Allen, okay. Now, there's an except, you know, top, he was what, 8th or whatever? Okay. And Lamar Jackson, end of the first round? Tannehill, I don't even remember, but it wasn't top 10, was it? Look that up, McKenzie, real quick. Prescott, fourth round. Derek Carr, I think, was second round. Mayfield, first pick. Stafford, first pick. Brady, 199. What am I saying? Is literally... Did you get to Josh Allen? Ryan Tannehill, eighth in 2012. Eighth, and then uh, and Josh Allen exactly was what? Seventh in 2018. Okay. So what we're saying here is, supposedly all four of these quarterbacks are going to be gone, or upwards of five, I guess, by like the seventh pick, by the eighth pick. And there's what? No one here that was picked. That's interesting. There's not one person in your top nine, Fez, that was picked higher than seventh. 
right? Wow, what a stat. Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tannehill, Prescott, Carr. Now, you, now people are saying, like, RJ, uh, you're skipping Brady. No, no. Fez has Brady number 12. <laughs> he has Brady number 12 because he's going to get old at one point. <laughs> How many years? No, don't try to be funny. How many years have you been saying this is the year Brady hits the wall? Seven years. Seven years. At least you admit it. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Vo, straight out of Vegas. This is not science. It's art. There's some science to it, but there's art. And maybe odds are Sam Darnold is missing something of that secret sauce. And I'm not saying it's work ethic. It might be his immune system against mono, but what I'm saying is that we don't know what it is. But you know what else it could be? It's not missing. That it was the Jets, that it was the coach, Gase, that it was mono. I don't know. But if he somehow has that secret sauce... Though, as we've said, we haven't seen a quarterback play that bad over three years and then become even average. But if anyone will, it's going to be an elite quarterback physically, characteristics, traits, that then puts it all together. And back in the old days, it used to happen all the time. As a Steelers fan, Terry Bradshaw was benched in his fifth season for a guy named Terry, I think it was Hanratty. And Joe Gillum, I think, were two quarterbacks that started by coach's decision over Terry Bradshaw. And remember, the immaculate reception was 72. It was after that, after they won a playoff game. He was the number one pick in the draft in 70. So that, you know, the guy like a Bradshaw being, you know, borderline going to be benched and becoming a Hall of Famer. That happened back in the day, though Bradshaw didn't have stats as bad as Sam Darnold. Chuck Noll was just tough. These days, it just doesn't seem to happen. They got it more. They got at least the coaching up of the player optimized in a way that you either show it. I mean, listen, Josh Allen showed it. We can quite. Well, he was so much better his first two years than Darnold, but he. But there was real questions his first two years, and then. Last year, he had you know maybe the second or third best season in all of football. And thus, Josh Allen, he was 24th and 24th, and then he's third in QBR. It's pretty, you know, 24 and 24 is not great, but if he would have even went to 17, you'd be like, okay, the guy had an average season his third year, you know, below average, but not horrible. Before, Okay, another year. You know, they Friend line. They would have been happy. Yes. Now, at that point, he probably doesn't become a top eight quarterback. But if you're going to take a one-year shot for a modest amount of money and modest draft picks again, that second rounder next year is the key. That makes that a discounted pick. Time value of money is a finance concept. Oh, Tepper understands that. Much better than I do. And the reality is, it all comes down to the fifth-year option. Because if they exercise it, the Panthers will pick up $19 million for his fifth year. That even seems low. Wasn't Mayfield going to be like 23? Yeah, 24. Now, why would it go down? The salary cap went down, and those Uh, are estimates. Okay, you're making a good point. Not official yet. You're making a good point. Okay. 
So they're going to have to do it by this year's salary cap. Okay. Well, maybe that's the move then. 19 is not horrible. because. But here's my question. Why exercise it? Let's think about the options. Option number one is he does exceptionally well. Let's do the most extremely unlikely one first. He does exceptionally well. Okay. Sign him to a big contract. Because if you've done poorly everywhere else, you go to Carolina, Joe Brady, a brilliant OC by all accounts, young, and you do really well. I mean, I would respect him if he just went, so I'm going to Atlanta. But I don't think he is, right? And if most likely will happen is he has a below average season, all right, we took a shot. And then next year, they go at it. Carolina finding a quarterback again. And you know what? Hedge fund guys would say, hey, it was a good. We didn't give up much equity on draft picks. We didn't, didn't cost us much money. We, had a, we rolled the dice this year. Snake eyes. Bye-bye. I'm throwing those dice out. That seems smart to me, even though I don't like Darnold. Because you know what? What's the other option? We said this is like musical chairs. Well, what happened with quarterbacks? What happens with musical chairs? Someone's left standing without a chair. And we may have lost a chair with Watson, right? Perhaps. I mean, it seems like that, that something is going to come of this. And again, everyone's trying not to speculate, but you can say, boy, it would take, uh, it, it would be almost like a TV movie. I mean, it would feel like it would almost have to, and I'm going to say almost, almost have to be some massive conspiracy in order, you know, because you've got multiple people. Now, people can say, oh, you got multiple people, but if they're working together, and I have no reason to think they are, you know, like helping each other's story, I have no reason to think that. But that could have, that could be. But other than that, it's hard to imagine that a bunch of other people, you know, people independently are making up stories, but they could be too. So that's why we have a quarter law and all that. But you make a good point. There's a, certainly a question mark with Watson's availability this year. Will we get traded or not? And, and he can't get traded with his cloud over his head because a GM, no GM has that equity to do, you know, with his owner to do that. So who, who, who's the other quarterbacks available, Steve? Stafford's gone. Fitzmagic's no, gone. We know who's gone. Like, who's the next best quarterback that likely would be available? I guess it's going to be Mariota. Did you hear Jimmy G? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Jimmy G. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. But we don't know if Jimmy G's getting traded. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't, you know, I don't know, maybe would they trade to Carolina? I mean, it's in conference and probably, but less likely, right? It's, you know, New England, who knows? So I guess my point is this. It, this feels like a dumb move on the surface, but Temper is not dumb, the owner of Carolina. And again, I don't know how much he's involved, but he's certainly hiring people thinking like hedge fund guys. Is The theory is it's a low-risk bet. He has a ton of character traits. That's why he was picked third, Sam Darnold. Maybe the secret sauce happens with Joe Brady. If it does, great. If it doesn't, a little bit of draft equity and a modest amount of NFL money. If they pick up that fifth year, though, boy, it's a two-year bet. And can you imagine him doing poorly in year th- four and somehow year five he booms? He'd be the third stringer making $19 million. <laughs> So I know the reports say 
that they're going to pick up the fifth-year option, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. All right, Fez, here we go. National Championship game coming up. We're going to do a full segment preview. And here's something you didn't even know about. I'm going to force us to collaboratively come up with a best, something to bet. Not a best bet. We'll call it a TV bet. Because we know people like to bet. And we'll see how my pick did on Sunday. Oh, we are straight out of Vegas coming back. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL draft? Well, guess what? I have you covered on the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff. I need you to go subscribe right now because we're talking the draft. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking Justin Fields. Mac Jones, is he really going to go to the 49ers? I have it all covered. I used to scout in the NFL. And now I talk about football on the Three and Out podcast. Go subscribe right now. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas off today. Steve Fezzik in studio. And this will be a full segment handicap of the national championship game. Like we said, before 650. We'll make your odds better than 50-50. 50-50. You got it, Fred? I got it. Okay. Gonzaga is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Baylor. The sharper books, the books that take the big bets from the big bettors, are shaded to make Gonzaga attractive, Baylor unattractive. The sharper books are saying, hey, the water's warm. Jump in, Gonzaga bettors. Oh, Baylor betters, not welcome. Restricted club. We don't want sharp action here. So, to me, the starting point of this is Baylor sharper. Doesn't mean they're going to win every time or cover every time, but it probably means they cover at least 53%. Like you're shading that way to start with. Yes. We raised the question is Gonzaga going to be tired? It was their most competitive game of the year. They went to overtime, and now they're playing 48 hours rest. Emotional. Remember, they were the second game, right? Emotional, uh, physically taxing. And if you don't take the tournament, the conference tournament, and you don't take the NCAA tournament, which is a different animal, and then you throw out the times that the Zags played, let's say, Talk, you know, Coppin State, you know, like, you know, someone they were favored by 40 or whatever. The only time this entire year the Zags had two games in three days against good competition, and again, obviously the exception of the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament was the first two games of the year. They played Kansas and Auburn. So this is a thin team. At least the rotation is thin, Gonzaga. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt at all about that. I don't think they're going to change that here. So how much of a factor do you make fatigue that's a negative for Gonzaga? I think it's a significant factor, and I think you nailed it. Gonzaga's not been tested. They've not had a close game. Well, they were tested Saturday. Yes. I mean, before that, West Virginia, five-point win. They're up nine with 50 seconds to play in that game. So this was going to overtime, an emotional gut-ringer of a game. 
I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So the question is, did they answer the questions about their ability in a close game? Or did the questions get multiplied? Because Gonzaga was up by how much late in the regulation? Five. And then they got they tied. Yes. In general, if you have a five-point lead and you, then you go into overtime, that's called choking, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, at least the beginnings of choking. So, I don't know. On the other hand, you could say, hey, they passed the test. They won. They got history. It's not just a national championship. It's the first undefeated team since 1976. Oh, happens to be Indiana University, Bobby Knight, and they're playing in Indiana. I don't know. It just feels like this is going to be the highest pressure game these Zags kids have ever had. Now, Baylor too, but I think the pressure on Gonzaga is much more significant. Yeah, absolutely. Favorites, undefeated. Oh, and you could even see it. Adam Morrison does their play-by-play for them now, and he was like literally crying again when they won at 83-80 going crazy. Hey, he's an emotional guy. (laughs) He had like a, a two-hour interview on on the herd with Gottlieb, and it was like they went through it like three times. <laughs> it was a long. I mean, I usually say interviews aren't long enough. Ooh. <laughs> By the way, that Gonzaga five-point lead was in OT, not regulation. But you know, obviously, at the end of the game, same concept. And it was Kansas and Auburn. They played early in the year, as we said. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. All right, Fez, what are we betting? Do we keep it as simple as Baylor? What's our other options? We could look at Baylor first half, but I don't want that because we're... So, so why would we look at it? Yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could look at over. We could look at under. Well, I actually like Baylor's second half because of the fatigue factor you mentioned and the fact if it's tight and close, I think it affects Gonzaga more the later the game goes. Yeah, but see, here's the interesting question. If Baylor's up or down big, let's say it's 18, is because you always think they're going to fight back because the stakes are so high. But historically, when a team is down that much and they feel like the answer's been decided that they're going to lose the most important game of their lives, they tend to get deflated. Yeah. You've seen, Other than Brady coming back with Atlanta, you've seen that in Super Bowls. In general, a team gets up big. The other team gets emotionally deflated. Wouldn't there be some of that here? Yeah, that's a good point. I almost would rather, if I was going to bet the second half, Baylor led at half, and then I would like to bet Baylor two in the second half. So we're talking half. about a hypothetical yeah. bet that you don't like on a second half bet. Probably, I mean, you know, maybe a little abstract, huh? Yeah. You think? Yes. Yeah. So what I'll say is this: I'm gonna we're gonna make the official straight out of Vegas bat Baylor. Now this is what we call a pizza bat. All right. What does that mean? It means I'm betting about what I could get a nice pizza. Now listen, I like exotic cheeses. I like I like like Beretta cheese flown in. <laughs> so I'm not gonna act like you know it's not gonna be a ten dollar bet for me. But whatever pizza you eat probably kind of says where your um, you know how much free cash you have, discretionary cash. So make a pizza bet your style of pizza, whatever you get. Fez tends to get anchovies on there, and I mean all kind of expensive stuff. Yeah, you, know, you, you I mean like special mushrooms that they 
they shave off and sell by the ounce. <laughs> I mean, you know, so Pizza Beto on Baylor, back tomorrow, and Joan is supposed to, you know, should be back, but again, it's unavoidable. We gave you the odds. Next up, always the odd couple. Enjoy the game. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 